Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Let's go to Genesis chapter 7 if we could, and we're going to be reading three verses. Two of them will be found in Genesis chapter 7. The third one will be found in the book of Hebrews. So if you could kind of find Genesis chapter 7, and then if you would make your way to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, Genesis chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, you know the biggest reason you don't want to miss church? It's because you don't want to miss what happens at church. Don't you hate it when something happens at church? Man, I wasn't there. Uh, So Genesis chapter 7. Let's all stand. We're going to read three verses. Genesis chapter 7, verse number 1 verse number 7, and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. Let's read it together out loud. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. Ready? Begin. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. All right, let's read verse number 7 now if we could. Ready? Begin. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Now, if you would turn to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7, and let's read this together out loud. Ready? Begin. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet, not seen yet as yet, Okay. Man, my Bible stutters. All right, so here we go. Let me kind of do it from memory now. Here we go. You ready? Begin. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We read a common phrase Uh, in verse number 1 and verse number 7 of Genesis chapter 7. And that phrase was, into the ark. And then in verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter 11, the phrase said this, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I'm going to take these three verses and take a well-known story. And and if you're okay, whether you're okay or not, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to preach on the subject, is everyone in the ark is everyone in the ark heavenly father lord you've given us a great responsibility with your word and with this grace that we have in earth and vessel god i ask on this day that you would just be with us may may we all sense the burden of the question is everyone in the ark god i pray that you'd help us now On this Sunday morning, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Christmas Day, 2010, my grandmother went home to be with the Lord. 
on that Christmas day. They started preparing the funeral arrangements, and we went to a small town in Arkansas. And when we arrived in the small town in Arkansas, the, the family gathered at the Fellowship Hall of the Baptist Church there, and my grandmother's funeral was in a, a, a little auditorium not too far outside of town. We gathered. Of course, our hearts are broken, and the siblings sat there with our cousins. That was our grandmother, and of course, my father and uh, the uh, aunts and uncles that are st were still living, then all the, the uh, extended family, friends, we sat there. And this preacher got up, and this preacher made a statement that impacted me all those years ago. And here is the statement that he made. He looked at my grandmother, and he said this. It was very important to her that she knew that all her family members would be in heaven. He said it was very important to her that she knew all her family members would be in heaven. I sat there with my siblings and my cousins, my aunts and my uncles, now gray-headed with my father sitting in front of me, the family friends all around, and to hear her preacher say, that as my grandmother was coming to the ending of her days, that the only thing important to her was that her family be in heaven. That started me on a journey in my spirit all those years ago, and I truly had forgotten how impactful it was until just the other day I was talking with one of my relatives. And I want to come to you this morning and and, and, I, and I want to let you know that Noah in this story was called the preacher of righteousness. He preached for 120 years to a world of wicked people who ultimately rejected the message. I cannot imagine preaching for all those years with no response. Noah was, com Noah was commanded to do two things at the same time. Preach the end of the world is at hand to the lost, and build an ark for the impending flood. Genesis 6, 13 tells us, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Please don't let the familiarity of Noah's ark make you go, I can go to sleep because I've heard this story a hundred times in Sunday school. Please pay attention. When all was done preaching and all was done building, Noah and his family entered into the ark. And then God closed the door behind him. Noah was ultimately responsible to make sure that not only did all the animals get into the ark, he was responsible to make sure that all of these animals got into the ark, but he also wanted to make sure his family was in the ark. The New Testament has much to say about the ark Noah built. We just read Hebrews eleven seven by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. First Peter three twenty says this. 
which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, where in few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, wherein to even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just like the water on the outside was confirmation that they had done the right thing by getting in the ark. Did y'all hear that? The water on the outside was confirmation they did the right thing by getting in the ark. Baptism is a confirmation on the outside that we did the right thing by getting saved and getting in Jesus Christ. That water didn't save, didn't save, won't save you, just like the water never saved Noah's family because Noah's family never touched the water. Water baptism cannot save. Can I say that again? Come on now, it's fixing it interesting. Water baptism cannot save. Only Jesus Christ can save. We come right down to the text. And then verse 2 Peter 2, 5, it says this, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, being in the flood, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. I like the wording of the King James Bible, the inspired word of God, because listen to what it said. But saved Noah, what person? The eighth person. How many people are in Noah's family? Eight. Who was the last guy in the ark? Noah. I come to you with this question. Is everyone in the ark? The ark represents Jesus Christ. Once a person is in Christ, they can never be removed out of the saving grace of Christ. And it's very interesting that the Bible tells us in Genesis 7, 16, and they that went in, went in male and female and all flesh as God had commanded him and the Lord shut him in. Do you, do you know who keeps us saved? It is the power of God. We are a gospel-giving church. Here's the sermon. We love giving the gospel. Sometimes the gospel net brings in the most unexpected salvations. Once you throw the gospel net out, it is amazing how that people will get saved. It's, it, 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 it's, our, it's our mantra. It's our command. It is our mission that we are to talk to total strangers about Jesus Christ. That we are to take the word of God, maybe in a track form or maybe in a Bible, and we are to stop total strangers and say to them, have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? Can I tell you about the saving power of Jesus Christ? This is the great commission. The hardest people to talk to is your family. The hardest person to talk to is your family. But when the Lord went to destroy the earth the first time, after 1,600 years of wickedness, Noah and his family. You see, Noah was preparing the ark, and if somebody in the world wanted to get saved, that was wonderful. But you know what? The Bible 
tells us specifically that Noah and his family. It is very easy to hear the gospel preached and it's, that, that, that the gospel should be preached. And it's very easy to say, go soul winning and give the great commission out, do the great commission. But ladies and gentlemen, if we have not yet knocked on the heart's door of our family and asked them, are you saved? I'm coming to you this morning and I'm going to lay a heavy challenge in front of you. Ask every family member if they're saved. Do not take for granted that everyone in your family is saved. Is everyone in the ark? Are the people who you considered family, are they saved, born again, regenerated, redeemed, washed in the blood of Jesus? Is your father in the ark? Is your mother in the ark? Is your brother in the ark? Is your son in the ark? Is your daughter in the ark? Is your wife in the ark? Is your husband in the ark? Is your cousin in the ark? Is your niece in the ark? Is your nephew in the ark? Is your uncle in the ark? Is your aunt in the ark? Is your father-in-law in the ark? Is your mother-in-law in the ark? Is your sister-in-law in the ark? Is your brother-in-law in the ark? Is your daughter-in-law in the ark? Is your son-in-law in the ark? Is your grandmother in the ark? Is your grandfather in the ark? Is your grandchild in the ark? Is, is, is your stepmother in the ark? Is your stepfather in the ark? Is your stepbrother in the ark? Is your stepsister in the ark? Is everyone in the ark? Is everyone going to heaven? Is everyone a believer? Do not live life as a relative and say, I think they are. I believe they are. I assume they are. I, I heard that they are. Don't believe it from anybody else's lips. Don't let them be asked from anybody else's lips. You take the time to go through your family and ask them, have a private conversation, and ask them, I need to know one-on-one, -on -one, are you saved? Brother, ask brother. Sister, ask sister. Uncle, ask nieces. I want so much for us to be a gospel-forward church. Boy, I want us to know what it's like to take tracks and leave them everywhere. I, I want us to know what it's like to see total strangers come to Jesus Christ. Boy, I want to know what it's like to have somebody stop you on the street as somebody stopped me this past week when I was hosting Brother Bentley, Dr. Bentley, and, 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 and they, we took him out to eat. And, and as I was on the phone and finishing up a phone call, Brother Manny, with you, and all of a sudden there's a man standing right next to me, and his name's James. And he said, hey, Pastor. And I turned around and I said, hey, James. And he said, you know, I got saved several months ago there at Emmanuel. And my wife got saved. And he started telling me how God started blessing him. Boy, I love those kind of stories. I love the fact that we have outreach, and I love the fact we have soul winning, and I love the fact that we take shuttle buses and we run them everywhere. 
but do not live and die and be a soul-winning Christian, a soul-winning church, part of a soul-winning church, and we've never one time asked. You dated her. You married her. Sometimes we think that the biggest question that could ever have been asked is, will you marry me? Oh, no. Oh, no. The biggest question that could ever have been asked is this. Sweetheart, are you saved? Do you know Christ as your Savior? It's easy to knock on a door to a total stranger. It's easy to talk about Christ with somebody you'll never meet again. But I'm telling you, how many would agree with me with an amen right now? I am telling you, one of the most difficult conversations you'll ever have is to ask somebody about Christ. That's related. You've been on vacation with them. You've been to family reunions. You've been to birthday parties. You've shared laughter over the dumbest family quirks ever. Y'all have torn each other down in public, but yet you were never offended because that's what family does. You have laughed about childhood stories. You have shown childhood pictures. And I want to praise God right now that I grew up in the 60s and 70s to where you had to go get the film developed and you had to bring it back. And there was no cloud to store those bad moments. I feel sorry for this present generation. All you is on the cloud, which can be pulled down by the NSA. You're in trouble. Being convicted about this back after my grandmother died, I went on a quest. On the way home, I looked at my wife, whom I have known since I've been in second grade, and I said, sweetheart, can you tell me about the day you got saved? And that look on her face, and she's home ill today, and, and no doubt she's watching. She better be watching. She said, you know, Bob, I went down one Sunday because my friends went down, and I got baptized because my friends got baptized. She said, but that next week I knew I wasn't saved, and I knew I just did it to do it. She said, so I went to my Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Williams. And she said, I admitted, I just did it because everybody else did it. Is everyone in the ark? I hope so. But is everybody in the ark? <laughs> I think so. But is everybody in the ark? I, I can remember sitting and listening to the stories all those years about how my mama got saved. How my mama went to a revival and with my dad and they were seniors in high school and how that my mama sat there for the very first time as a Catholic girl and, 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 and heard a Baptist preacher, which was his first time, preach on hell and then take that Bible and put it at the door and my mama crawled out the bathroom window and went to the car crying and my dad couldn't find her and ran out. We've all heard the story, but I had never asked my mama, mama. I don't want to hear it from daddy from the pulpit. Mama, I want to hear it from you. Is everyone in the ark? Ladies and gentlemen, don't leave the salvation responsibility of your family to the pastor, to the spiritual one of the family. You need to ask. 
You need to ask. My brother Scott pastors in Liberty Baptist Church in North Carolina. And I can remember after this, those years ago, I said, Scott, tell me about the day you got saved. Scott said, I was sitting in a classroom, in Miss Rainey's classroom, when the classrooms used to be above the gym. And I got convicted, so I went down to the bathroom. As only Scott could tell it, I sat on the only seat available in the bathroom. And as Scott tells it, not me, so this is not irreverent. Scott's being irreverent this morning. Well, there and here. And he said, I I got saved on the only seat available. Let, let, Let me tell you, I didn't want to hear it from anybody else. I, brother, needed to ask, brother, are you born again? My father, how many times have I heard my dad He pastored Faith Baptist Church, and he pastored this church for three decades. But how many times did I hear him stand up and say as an 11-year-old boy on Michigan Avenue that he, in his room, and got on his, how many times? But I had never asked him. Let me tell you, do not assume that your family's saved. Ask your family if they're saved. You say, but pastor, they're going to think I'm nuts. Pastor, they're going to think I've lost my mind. Pastor, they're going to think I'm not even saved. They're going to think that that I don't think they're saved. It doesn't matter. I'm fixing to give you three reasons why you need to ask. Listen, it doesn't matter. Is everyone in the ark? Is everyone going to heaven? Is everybody saved? I made a list yesterday of the family members I have not yet asked if they are going to heaven. And right now, my heart is so convicted. Is everyone in the ark? It's very important to me that my children are in the ark. It's very important to me that if RG ever does reach that age of accountability, he's in the ark. I got five grandbabies. Did y'all hear that? It's very important to Grand Bob that they're in the ark. And I know there's coming a day when I'm going to ask them about their salvation. Boy, I'm laying it on heavy this morning. And I'm putting it right back on you, believer. Don't leave it to the church house. Don't leave it to the pastor. Sir, I'm putting it on you. Ma'am, I'm putting it right back on you. You need to start making a list. Make a list. You say, but they grew up in church, but are they in the ark? They sing in the choir, but are they in the ark? They're an usher, but are they in the ark? They're our deacon, but are they in the ark? I'll give you three reasons, if I could, this morning, why you need to ask. First of all, they may be under conviction when you ask. You see, God works on the lost and the saved trying to bring them together at the right time. This is proven over and over in Scripture. In the book of Acts, 
In the book of Acts, you have chapter 10 and verse number 3. You have Cornelius, the ninth hour of the day. The day following, you have Peter at the sixth hour of the day. Cornelius is told, gather everybody together into a house. And then God tells Peter, go to that house. But God had to work on Peter to get him to go to Cornelius. But when he showed up at Cornelius' house, Cornelius was sitting there, everybody was gathered together, and they were just waiting. Did you all hear that? They were waiting. And I'll tell you what needs to happen is you need to start going to prayer over your family and write every family member you have down on a list, and then you start going to prayer, and you start saying, Dear God, give me the right opportunity. Give me the right opportunity to ask. You don't put them on the list because you think they're lost. You put them on the list because you never asked them that if they're saved. And start praying. You say, Pastor, this is the craziest sermon I've ever heard in my life. This is craziness. Is everyone in the ark? By asking them, you're telling them, I'm concerned. By asking them, you're telling them, I want to spend eternity with you. By asking them, you're leaving the door open for them to know, if I ever struggle with my salvation, that relative loved me enough to ask me. You see, they may give you the answer they want you to hear, but you may be the relative that when God starts speaking to them, they'll come to you. Is everyone in the ark? Have you asked your grandchildren? Have you asked your nieces? Have you asked your daughter-in-law? Have you asked your cousin? Have you asked your second cousin? Have you asked the people that God has put in your family? The first reason is that they may be under conviction. The second reason is this. You don't know when death is going to happen. As a pastor, I've done enough funerals to know young people die. Relatives die. Brother Parker that story from Wednesday, how quick death comes? One week in the hospital? Don't we have more time? You don't know. Did y'all hear that? You don't know. It was not but a couple of years ago that one of our sister Bible colleges, that a whole family stepped out into eternity on our East Texas roads because a young driver made a bad judgment call. And at that funeral, the caskets were lined up. You say, Pastor, are you, are you trying to scare me this morning? No, I'm so trying to provoke you that you will start making a list of your family members and you will not rest until you have heard from their lips that they are saved and they have a testimony. It's one thing for me to go see somebody. It's one thing for a family to say we're praying, Pastor, can you go see? Right now, some members of Emmanuel were in prayer for their lost loved ones. 
And it just so happens that my traveling schedule for preaching over the next six months is going to put me in the town of these lost loved ones. And I'm going to borrow a car, and I'm going to go to the house, and I'm going to knock on a door, and I'm going to introduce myself, and I'm going to say, I am your mama's pastor. And your mama and your daddy and I have been praying for you, and they want me to come by to ask you about your eternity. This is not uncommon. I love doing that kind of thing. And my pastor, my pastor profession gives me the edge for these kind of conversations. But oh, you listen, I'm about to tell you, nobody has a bigger inroad than a relative. But it's scary. It's scary. And there needs to come a point in time to where we understand I have to ask. Because death happens to everybody at the most unexpected times. And you don't want to be that relative that hears a sermon like this and say, four months, then cometh the harvest. That's what a Sunday school teacher's for and That's what a pastor's for. Oh, my friend, that's what a saved relative is for. The third thing I want to tell you is this. You're going to need comfort when they die. You're going to need comfort when they die. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning to hear about death? Listen to what the Bible says. But I would not have you ignorant, to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even though them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. So shall we ever meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Excuse me. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear when my loved one goes. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I had a conversation with your daddy, and and I asked your daddy if he was saved, and I never. I don't want to hear. Somebody said, yeah, I asked your wife about her salvation, and I just want to comfort you that, that they're saved. I don't want to hear that from somebody else. I want to be able to stand up, and I want to be able to say, I asked them. And when I look at my relatives in a casket, and I look into their embalmed body, I want to be able with all confidence to know that I asked them about their salvation. Out of the hundreds of conversations you can have, should have, this should rank right at the top. Let me give you three ways to have a conversation. Number one, pray. Pray for that right opportunity. All of us know family. All of us know that sometimes family members laugh a lot to cover up awkwardness. We know this. 
But all of us have been there at that moment to where it's just you and them at the car, outside, over a fire pit, running an errand, and there's this family magnet. How many know what I speak of? There's, there's this right there. And you feel this bond that is incredible. And all of a sudden, this bond makes all the disagreements go away. And this bond makes you feel like that you have never had a disagreement. Pray. Start praying. God, give me that moment. Then, ladies and gentlemen, at that moment, swallow hard and step through the door and say, I've had a hundred conversations with you, but I need to know something. Please tell me the day you got saved. And then you sit there like a sponge getting ready to soak up every detail and then remember it because you're going to need it. Pray. Number two, ask. Ask. Do you know how you ask? Ask them a hundred times in your mind. Ask them a hundred times in your spirit so that when it's time to ask, you know how to ask. Make it such a matter of burden that you stand ready to ask. And then number three, tell them the day you got saved. Close the gap, man. Tell them the day you got saved. I'm not coming to this morning telling you you're a bad relative if you've never asked. I'm not even telling you that you're a bad Christian if you've never asked. I just don't think that there's ever been an isolated sermon on something of so much magnitude. I'm not asking you to get a gospel track and go knock a door. I'm not asking you to stop a total stranger. I'm just asking you, have you ever asked all your relatives, do you know Christ as your Savior? The easy thing about a sermon like this, and musicians, if you'll come, the easy thing about a sermon like this is if you're in the auditorium right now, I promise you, after a sermon like this, there's going to be that awkward first encounter with your family. It always happens. This is the third time I've preached this sermon, twice here, once someplace else, and there's always that, that awkwardness. But you have a leg up. On the way home, when you get to the house, just say, all right, we heard the preacher today. I'm going to ask because I need to know. Tell me about the day you got saved. And even if you were there the day your relative got saved, let them tell you. Let them tell you. Now, if you've got a lot of kids like the Munozes and the Lawrensons, Y'all not eating lunch till about four this afternoon. <laughs> but hey, I think what you're going to find out is, is that you, 
begin a path of a spiritual bond like you have never had before. Something wonderful happened with the gray kids, I think, in my life. After I stepped out on those months after my grandmother passed, it kind of broke through a spiritual barrier when it comes to being okay with the spiritual. All of us are preacher's kids. But when I became concerned for salvation, I found myself being able to have spiritual conversations after that. I'll give you two stories that are very dear to me. I became pastor March of 2009, and a couple of years after that, well, my sisters both, of course, were in the church, and I was in my office getting ready to come out, and my sisters come bounding through that door, both of them. They shut the door, and they said, we're going to, we've come to, basically, we've come to check on you and to pray for you. And my sisters, my sisters prayed for their brother. That's a memory that is encapsulated in my heart. My brother came to visit a couple of years ago, and uh, Karen and Tim work for him there in North Carolina. And of course, Kim lives in Shreveport. And so we made the day of it. We just made the day of it. And I was taking him around, showing him some things here at the church. And, and in the college chapel right up here, we got into a conversation that turned into a prayer meeting. It just turned into a prayer meeting. It, 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 we got into this conversation that all of a sudden, we broke into a prayer meeting, and, and I'm praying, Scott's praying, Karen and Kim are praying, we took turns praying, and it, and it was so much of a blubbering prayer session that I'm dripping snot on top of Kim's head, and Kim's not even realizing I'm dripping snot on top of her head because she was in the spirit on the Lord's day <laughs> until we got done. And every, everybody in the family knows she only gets her hair done once a month. And so on. she still had a 28 more days to go. But, but I, you know what I believe did it? What I believe did it was this, Brother Rob, that I broke through that spiritual barrier because the most important thing to me is this. I want to spend eternity with my family. Did y'all hear that? Where there is no more sorrow, there is no more junk. And if the Lord started eternity right now, right now, it wouldn't bother me one bit. But until we get there, I have to ask, family member, are you in the ark? Are you in the ark? Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.